Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. So we're reading from uh, Luke 1, verses 46 to 56. Uh, I'm reading in the NIV version. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. As Mitch comes up to uh, deliver his message, I'll just pray for him as well. Father God, uh, as Mitch leads us uh, at this time, Father, I just thank you for, yeah, just for his word and for the wisdom that he has, Lord. Uh, As you use him, uh, Lord, may he just deliver all that we need to hear at this time of So today we are looking at Mary's song, which in church history has been called the Magnificat, which just means magnificent, magnifying, glorifying God. And it's the first of three songs that we encounter in the birth narratives. Now, hot tip for all you budding Bible um, scholars out there. When there's a beginning of a narrative, so in the Old Testament or New, and there's a song, the first song usually sets up the themes that are going to happen in the book. Now, remember, Luke is part one of a two-part work. So you have Luke and Acts. And so Mary sings a lot about, oh, hello, you're going to be my little helper today. Mary sings about reversal. So the rich and the powerful being turned upside down and the hungry being fed. You're going to go with mummy? You go down with mummy. Oh, here we go. Oh, look, you have tiny teddies. That's going to bribe you. There we go. They're a lot more interesting to hang out with daddy. I mean, what, what a morning. All these distractions. Isn't that wonderful? But anyway, where was it? Oh, yeah, Mary's song. So Mary's song is all about this reversal. Now, think about that. You read the Gospel of Luke, and what does Jesus' ministry do? Time and time again, he is reversing things. People who are blind, they can see. In fact, let's look at some um, political stuff. You've got tax collectors, those that were enemies of the Israelites who were in bed with Rome, are sitting at the same table with those who were zealots those that hated Rome. Jesus is all about reversal. This is what Mary's song is about, about God changing things, about God reversing things, but in an unusual way, in a way that's not expected. 
Now, to, before we get into the song, we're going to unpack just some of the, the narrative before the song. Now, here this is from Luke chapter 1 from verse 42. It says here in a loud voice, this is Elizabeth. So this is Mary visiting Elizabeth. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary sings her songs in response to that. Now, there's an interesting little, well, it's like two, uh, one interesting little word here. See this word, blessed are you among women. Very, very important. There's only one woman in the Bible that's described as being blessed. Does anyone know who that is? And if you're at my devotions on Friday, you can't yell it out. I saw a hand at the back, Cole. No. <laughs> yes. Anyone want to have a bash? Yeah, Ian. Sarah, no. 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 You probably won't get it. Yeah, this is JL. JL, and you know what she's famous for? She, so in the book of Judges, so in the book of Judges, there's a general called Sisera, and Sisera he commands 900 chariots. And anyway, the, the prophet Deborah, she calls Barak to go and attack Sisera. And Barak's too afraid to go and do this without Deborah's help. And Deborah's like, yeah, I'll go with you. But the glory of battle is going to go to a woman. And so Sisera is defeated and he hides in jails. While he's sleeping, I love this medieval depiction of it. She picks up a tent peg and bam, straight through his skull. Now that's... Now, that's the only woman that to be described that way, blessed of you among women. That's what Deborah sings. And uh, another woman outside the Bible is a lady called Judith who actually assassinates an Assyrian general. So this language is charged. And there's a reason why I'm pointing it back to you. It's charged because once in the Bible, once outside the Bible, in the book of Judith, a woman who's committed a violent act against an evil man is called a blessed woman. Now, Elizabeth does this with Mary, knowing full well that history, that image of Jael, this heroine of the Israelite faith. But this is something different now. Um, Richard Beck, who is a Christian author, he writes about singing. Singing is a way of resisting despair and fear. Singing is an act of resistance. We're not in the old cover anymore where Women shove tent pegs through the heads of their enemies. We're in the new covenant. It means that things are different now. And so tapping into that violent imagery of overcoming evil, Elizabeth sings about Mary, about how blessed she is, and Mary in turn responds in song, a song of resistance, a song that God will overcome this world. God will overturn the evil and injustice and suffering. And Mary taps into these Old Testament images of God being a warrior, of God being the one to lead the Exodus. But now it's framed in a different light. It's not in conquest. Ironically, it's in suffering. Um, later on when... 
um, Mary dedicates Jesus to the temple. And Simeon says to Mary, a sword's going to pierce through you. It's kind of part of it, is that Jesus is the one who will be pierced. Jesus is the one who will face suffering. It's a singing of resistance, of non-violence. It's a trust that God will restore and redeem this world. And that is what Christmas is about. Now, do we have any theatre buffs who are here? People that love going to the theatre or musicals? Yes, I see some hands. Les Mis, isn't that one of the greatest musicals around? And what's the classic song from my list? One of the most famous songs, Do You Hear the People Sing? I'm not going to sing it because your eardrums will explode and start to bleed. No, I'm not going to do it. But do you hear the people sing? It's become a song of resistance. And it's used globally in a whole bunch of different protests. People have taken this song. It's, it's a tune for them to sing when they are resisting against their governments, against evil and oppression. And it's really cool if you go on YouTube and um, Google, in 2019, Google the Hong Kong students. They actually sung, instead of the, the Chinese national anthem, they sung, Do You Hear the People Sing? The sign against, hey, we're not going to stand for oppression and injustice. This is what Mary is doing. She is one that is oppressed. She is a Jew living in Israel at a time when the Roman Empire is ruling, at a time when King Herod is ruling from Jerusalem where there is evil and suffering. Instead of picking up a sword and fighting him, she is going to sing. She is going to sing to her God to turn this world upside down. So let's jump into the song a bit. And just so, I don't, know, I don't know about you, I find singing can be a bit hard to understand the Bible. So it's kind of broken down into three parts. So Mary's song, the first part is she praises God's favour towards her. So that's the first few verses there. She turns a favour towards God. Thank you, God, for what you have done for me. Then the second part, she turns it to praise for God's action in history. This is what God has done through his people time and time again. All people may know him. Then she finishes off with praise for God's actions for Israel. And that's essentially the song broken down there into its parts. And I mentioned earlier, this, is, this song has kind of got a bit of warfare language behind it. There's, Images there which tap into that Old Testament image of God being a warrior. But we'll start off with something that's quite politically charged, which you and I probably don't notice because we don't live in first century Rome, is when Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. Now, there was one saviour already. His name was Caesar Augustus. He was the saviour of the world at that time. He had brought in the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. The Roman Empire was no longer fighting in conflict. There was no longer invading armies coming in and bringing pain and destruction. He had bought peace. He was the saviour of the world. And Mary's like, no, there is only one saviour, God my saviour, and he has been mindful of the humble state of, my, of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed for the mighty one. Again, that's another powerful word, mighty one. 
often don't think of this. You ever thought of God as a warrior? God as a warrior, riding on the clouds with a chariot. Book of Ezekiel does this. He sees God riding on a chariot as a warrior, coming in to fight his enemies. Here is the mighty one. If you listen into the podcast, it's a plug for the podcast. We'll unpack this a bit, this divine warrior motif throughout Scripture. Here he comes, God the warrior, to execute his justice against his enemies. And we we keep reading on. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. I might ask a question to the audience. What are the times we've seen God's arm in action in Scripture? It's the time we've seen his arm revealed. Right is the wall. Yeah, that's a great one, actually. Yeah. What's another time? What's another event in Old Testament history? God's arm. One of the most significant events in Israel's history. The arm of God being revealed. Parting the Red Sea. Excellent. The Exodus. In fact, it's numerous times in Exodus. Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. Exodus 15, verse 16. Exodus 32, 11. God's strong arm is there. And anytime you hear the word arm or hand, that's a way of tapping into these images of Exodus. Exodus imagery. And so if the Exodus happened, that first Exodus at the Red Sea, happened for the Israelites, language comes up time and time again in the prophets, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, this new exodus. And the fact here that Mary here is referring to, he's before mighty deeds with his arm, he meant to think about that. He meant to think, oh gosh, God's arm was revealed in history's past, he's going to do it again once more. And then when he, and then when she continues on, she said, "He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts." Now Hannah, do you remember Hannah? Hannah in the Bible, she's the mother of Samuel. She also was barren. She had had a special son, Samuel. Hannah too sings a song like this of reversal. So you're saying to see here all these Old Testament images just coming forth. In this, oh, I've lost my sound. Is that how boring I am? You just oh, cut, cut the sound. Oh, okay, I'll take the hint that you know I'm putting you all to sleep. Oh, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, Hannah's. You see this, 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 this tapestry of the Old Testament coming through, coming out with something new. And then to finish it off, he's that he's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. It's important. The the promise to Abraham was that he would be the father of many nations. And through Abraham, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through him. Unless that promise to Abraham continues, there's going to be no blessing upon this world. And here is Mary, this 13-year-old girl. She isn't a queen. She has no status. In, in a society which valued older people over younger people, here she is, this humble, lowly girl from this tiny town of Nazareth. 
And here she recognizes she is part of that promise. Remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants. God is going to fulfill his promises. And all the world will be blessed through his children. And Mary is part of that. Now, here's another cool fact which we'll unpack in the podcast a bit more. Even that, that language of being merciful tied in with a woman who's barren. And Mary's kind of a weird barren woman. She's a virgin. But that imagery of a woman having an unusual birth Siding with God's promises to have mercy on Abraham's seed. It's tied in this idea that God hasn't forgotten. Israel, Israel may be barren. Israel may seem like there's nothing important about them. God hasn't forgotten them. And that's what this song is all about. God has not forgotten his promises. God will turn the tide. God will reverse everything evil in this world. I said earlier, quoting from Richard Beck, songs are resistance. Songs are resistance. I just love that, that image there, that, that for us as Christians, we don't engage in violent acts, we engage in singing. And Christmas, in many ways, it's about singing. We're sung joy to the world. We sing those, those beautiful hymns. We do it in a way. Okay, God, we, we recognize there's something not quite right in this world. We recognize that there's something here that, that needs to be overturned. And we do that by singing. Because by singing, we hand it over to God. And that's exactly what Mary has done. See, the people expected of the Messiah, they wanted a conquering king. They want someone who would come in, wipe out the Romans, Bring a king of Israel and rule from Jerusalem. We all kind of familiar that image. They weren't expecting a Messiah like this. They're expecting one to stick nails through the heads of their enemies. So they got one who had nails between his hand and his feet. This is how Jesus changes the world. Friends, it's how we change the world by taking on the servanthood of Jesus Christ himself. It's interesting that throughout history, many governments, they've actually banned Mary's song from public use because they've recognised this as kind of a revolutionary message to this. Overturning oppressors and the hungry being fed, those that are on thrones being tossed over. And there's some examples here. Um, in colonial India, the British government forbade um, Indian Christians from singing Mary's song during church services. In Guatemala, the Guatemese people adopted Mary's song because it spoke of a hope for the deliverance and a regime change. And the government forbade this from being sung in public. In Argentina, when mothers of kidnapped and murdered children um, sung this song in the plaza, the military junta of Argentina banned any public display of Mary's song. Mary's song, it's a rallying cry of non-violent resistance. I'm most struck that when uh, Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek, in a sense, it's an act of faith because you're saying, I'm going to trust in God's justice. I'm going to trust in Him to restore the evil and the wrong that's been suffered against me. I'm not going to seek vengeance. 
for myself. It's in a sense what Mary is doing here. You pray and trust that God is going to do this. That's what I love about Jesus. Oh, I find it a bit challenging too. Jesus didn't call down some angelic army to wipe out the Roman Empire. In fact, he faced Rome in silence and in faith. As Jesus is there, that image shows us they're hanging upon the cross, suffering for us. That's how God reverses this world. This upside down wisdom that no one would really understand less your God. And that's how God changes this world. And that's how Luke is setting up his gospel message. He's setting up it with John the Baptist's birth, this new Elijah type figure to come in and bring in a new age. And the birth of Jesus to reverse this world as we know it. Our author Walter Wink writes actually, prayer in a way, it's actually some of the most forceful way of resisting an empire because in rebellions actually if you're fighting a rebellion openly you're acknowledging that that rebellion that that the emperor that a government has power prayer denies them that because walter ring as he writes here prayer denies that ultimacy by acknowledging a higher power and they have challenged it spiritually they're calling that empire to God's judgment seat. Friends, this Christmas, let's use Mary's song as a song of resistance. Let's use those prayers to remind us of the hope and the joy of Christmas. Even if we just think back to the last hundred years, events of the 20th century, what was Hitler's vision? Third Reich to be there through a thousand years. Communism. No one thought that would have fell before 1989. Empires rise, empires fall. God's city, God's kingdom lasts forever. That is what Christmas is all about. And if you are feeling like God has forgotten you, if you are feeling like life is just, I don't know where God is, turn to this song. Think of its words. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Let us pray. And Lord, on those powerful words of Mary, it's that declaration of faith in the midst of, oh, Lord, just such wonderful news, but also a very trying situation, Lord. It is a song of resistance, a song of reversal of what you will do to this world one day. And Lord, we've seen that little snapshot in the, the life of Jesus, feeding the, the poor, healing the blind, casting out demons, and Lord, bringing reconciliation between former enemies. 
Lord, as we just approach Christmas with two weeks to come, let's just sing that song knowing that Christmas is about reversing the evil and suffering in this world. And we do it in the way that Jesus did it, with non-violence, by being a humble servant, by picking up our cross each and every day. We pray that we can live like this with your Spirit's help. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.